Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Cleft. This week, we are doing an album. We are doing Gemini Writes by Steve Lacey, and we have our good friend Mason back with us. Hey everybody. So let's get into it. And Kevin's here too, so fuck him. Yeah. You grabbing me hard, cause you know what you found is biscuits, is gravy We're doing Gemini Rights by Steve Lacey. Like I mentioned uh, in the intro, we've got Mason with us and we've got Kev. Mason? Hello. Thanks for coming back, man. How you been doing? Absolutely. I'm great. I'm really happy to be back on here so soon, too. Yeah, right? Didn't have you on for two years. Now you're back within two I months. <laughs> Making up for lost time, right? Yeah, we had talked about um, doing something more hip-hop because it's not really our wheelhouse. So to have you as our spiritual guide... Um, and this was a really fun album you showed us um, without the context of the show a few weeks ago, and we've been really high on it. So we wanted to send uh, us off with a little summer vacation, uh, and we wanted to do this album before we went on that little summer vacation. So we're really excited to talk about it. Um, Kev, how you been doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I was telling the guys before this, I listened to when I first started to listen to this album, I listened to it three straight times back to back at work. Um, I was alone in my office that I usually share. So um, it was, I got obsessed almost from second one of this album. So I'm uh, super excited to talk about it. I've been spreading the gospel as much as possible. Uh, I know he's been blowing up on social media and stuff too. So um, I'm, I'm excited to be kind of on the, not necessarily the very front of Steve Lacey's career, but to be a kind of like an early, early adopter of the bandwagon here. Yeah. Um, let's do opening thoughts and then we've got some, some facts about Steve Lacey and the album. Uh, Mason, we'll start with you. Like, how did you find this album and what were your thoughts going into it? Yeah. So every Friday morning I open up Apple music and I look at all the new music of what I'm going to listen to that day or the weekend. And that came up as one of the like first things. I didn't really think much of it, but then I had a couple of friends tell me about it. But then I also saw on social media, uh, Tyler, the creator was praising the heck out of it. And uh, Kanye West uh, posted a comment uh, under his post uh, under uh, Steve Lacey's post, excuse me, uh, really praising it and saying how much he liked it. I was like, well, okay, well I have to check it out then. And I put it on and I listened to it and I listened to it again and I listened to it again because, yeah, I was all in. I was loving it. And so I started just to send it to my other friends, too, and really uh, rant and rave. So it was hooked from the start, for sure, just like Kevin was saying. Yeah, that's how you know it's a good album is you listen to it multiple times and then you can't wait to show other people. And that's kind of the beauty of music that doesn't get lost with technology. It actually makes it a little bit easier is like, I love this, you need to listen to it, and here's the link. You know, you used to have to go track it down. If you didn't hear it on the radio, you had to go track it down in a record store or something like that, but it's still really cool that music travels like that, and word of mouth is, you can have all the ad revenue in the world for this album, but having people listening to it and wanting other people to listen to it is the best way to get the word out. Uh, Kev, how did you... What were your opening thoughts? I was going to say how you I mean, found the album, but I know how you found it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of already said it. Honestly, it's uh, 
you know, Mason sent it to you and I in our little group chat we have. And, uh, I, you know, I, did, I didn't listen to it for a couple of days. I was listening to some other shit still. And then I went, like I said, I popped it on at work and I was just like, I instantly fell in love with it. And then I, you know, I started telling people at work about it. I started telling all my friends about it. So yeah, it's really cool to kind of be on like this, this, gorilla ground war for this 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 album and i know like i said i think he's done maybe one other solo ep before this right Mm -hmm. um but this is maybe his first i think it's his first album am i correct in that no he had an album in 2019 okay yeah i knew there wasn't there wasn't much out there but i don't know it still feels he's still super young too so i don't know it's it's super cool to be part of something that i feel like is gonna blow up like soon yeah so Yeah, it it feels like something that was needed. There's not a lot of music like this right now. And I think that's why it's so interesting to us is like I still remember the first time I heard Kid Cudi or Still Woozy and like it's just like you're like, Oh man, I remember where I was when I first heard that. Like especially the the intro to this album is just really cool. And if mm-hmm. like we didn't listen to the singles leading up to this album, so hearing the first opening track to this album really sets a, a cool tone and i thought it was it's just unlike anything i've heard so going into it i was like steve lacy is he gonna give us the weather i he has like the weirdest name for an r&b hip-hop artist that i've ever heard yeah to the point where i couldn't remember his name even though i've fucking been listening to him all week i kept wanting to stay steve levy who i think is from espn right yeah or, yeah or does monday night football now so and is terrible at it um, but I kept wanting to say that and I was like, no, that's not, I can't be right. Yeah. I called <laughs> him Steve Geraci for a week because I thought, <laughs> I thought he was the, <laughs> a side character from true detective season one. <laughs> so not a very memorable name. He needs like a cool, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, like a rapper name or something. No, nah, I think it's cooler that he doesn't have it. Or if his name was just Lacey, I think that would be cool. Drop the Steve. The Steve makes you sound like a, an, an over-the-hill white guy. Um, but then we'd lose one of my favorite lyrics in the album. What's that? The um, From uh, Sunshine or whatever. Where he says his name real high. Oh, Call yeah. Me your ex, like my name ain't Steve. <laughs> it's better than I could have done, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about some fun facts about the album. Um, Steve Lacey is a 24-year-old who was born in Compton, California, and gained recognition as the guitarist of the R&B group, The Internet. Mason, have you listened to The Internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like The Internet. Uh, I, I liked the, the Odd Future Gang uh, back in high school, and so once I found out that the main rappers kind of like, or excuse me, those who weren't the main rappers kind of broke off and made that band, I dove all the way in. I really enjoy them. Cool. Yeah, I think he plays guitar on most of this album as well. Um, yeah, Lacey got a start as uh, producing and making beats on his iPhone, creating his first songs on his device using a plug-in piece for his guitar called an iRig, which is that's pretty incredible to just be making beats on an app on your phone. Um, he appeared on Matt Martian's The Drum Chord Theory and Sid Finn. Sid's Finn after it was announced that the internet members would be releasing solo projects. He also began producing songs for 2088, Denzel Curry, Isaiah Rashad, J. Cole, Gold Link, and Kendrick Lamar. 
He produced the song Pride on Kendrick's Grammy Award-winning album Damn and has also gained two features on the 2019 Vampire Weekend album Father of the Bride. He was on Sunflower and Flower Moon, which Sunflower is a song that I think everyone knows. Hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of listens on Spotify. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I have heard of him before. Um, his debut album, Apollo 21, was released in May 2019. The album earned him a nomination for Best Urban Contemporary Album at the Grammys. <laughs> what an award, man. Urban Contemporary. <laughs> Best black person this year. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what that is. <laughs> The stuffy white people haven't quite <laughs> caught up yet. So We're getting there. <laughs> Holy shit. That's so fucking racist. Oh, God. Um, anyway, <laughs> I didn't know that was an award <laughs> until just now. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, his second studio album, Gemini Writes, which is the one we're talking about today, was released on July 15th, 2022. So it's been out almost two weeks. It'll be yeah, out it's... a little over two weeks at this point. Yeah, this might be the most current album we've ever done. Yeah, we were pretty current with uh, the Bill Murray album, but this yeah. is this is probably sooner than that. Yeah. Um, and just to give a little context for the lyrical content of the album, because he switches pronouns a lot when he's talking about uh, love interests, uh, Lacey announced that he is bisexual in 2017. And that makes some of the lyrics very funny, especially the fuckboy song that we're going to get into. Yeah. Um. All right, who wants to start us off? Let's go track one, Mason. Static. Okay. Static, yeah. So um, to me, this track is Steve talking about chasing somebody wrong for him uh, just to be able to feel something. Uh, early on, he asked the person he's addressing if they're using drugs and sex just to feel something. Uh, and towards the end, he reminds them that just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. Uh, you know, you're better off. Uh, being single if that person's not allowing you to be your best self mm-hmm. uh, i thought like, that was a great opening track that foreshadows that this is definitely going to be a breakup album and the tone makes it feel like a breakup for the better hopefully yeah man it's i agree it's a perfect opener i mean you can tell right away this is i call this like modern r&b because when you say r&b a lot of people think of like 90s r&b and it's not that this isn't boys to men you know this is this is a very I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it other than modern R&B. I feel like over the years, R&B and indie have kind of like blended together. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It's kind of like a nerdcore rap, but for R&B, I think it's more of like a chill wave feel to it. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's dope as shit and I love it. Um, but no, I, and I'm going to steal some of your thunder. Me and you, Dill, had a lot of the same quotes pulled from these songs. <laughs> so uh, depending on who gets to talk first, gets to talk about them. But um, as soon as I heard you're fucking yourself, do you feel the toy? And the way it's delivered, like, it's you could just tell, like, okay, this dude is a clever lyricist. And that's one of my favorite things in any sort of, like, R&B and hip-hop. Um, and then it's it's followed by the line, the uh, something about the rhyme is cough, and he does, like, an actual cough. And there's like a, a bit of sigh, like the beat drop. It's just fucking genius. Um, it's simple stuff like that, but it's, you know, it's it's simple to miss doing it well as well. So I, I love shit like that. Um, we get everything here. We get the cool instrumentals, clever lyricism, vocal chops, uh, that modern R&B mood I was just kind of talking about. And it's this is an instant winner for an opener for me because it gives you everything you're about to experience. 
Yeah, in like a very melancholy way. And mm-hmm. I, I really like the piano opening. It's because it doesn't like it doesn't give you everything too fast and I really like how it's calming. But it's juxtaposed with like him calling out this girl on her drug use. Maybe you got something in your nose, sniffing that K, did you fill the hole? That's so freaking clever. Um, mm-hmm. just because the K hole is like uh like when you take too much ketamine you get you get snowed and like go down in this they call it the K hole. Um and ketamine is a dissociative drug and I think it's a really good play on words to show how the girl is using men or sex or drugs as a way not to deal with what's going on. So you're just like dissociating and using different things. So when she's when he says like fucking that toy did you or fucking yourself you're- did you feel the toy? Like that's another way of like it doesn't even matter who you're having sex with. You're just dissociating. And it's like, wow, that is so cool to just really take something so simple and make it have layers to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's almost childish Gambino-esque in the way he like uses clever wordplay to like multi-layer things. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just really, really good. I, I love that line for multiple reasons. It's just a good way to call someone a stone-cold bitch, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and it's track one. We're getting really, really deep. And I think... Fucking yourself, did you feel the toy is a legendary line that I don't think we're going to spend enough time on it because it's it makes me laugh so hard. It, it catches everyone's attention when you hear the song, too. Like, well, what'd he say? Like, there's a, just yeah. a piano going on, and he says that, and you're like, I definitely have not been paying enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's multiple lines like this in this album, too. It's just like, what, like my ears are like, what the fuck? Did he just say that? <laughs> can't wait to get to those yeah, yeah track two kev what you got uh so let me make sure i got this right because i was taking notes on the wrong song so and i had to copy and paste so let me make sure i'm on the right song here um yes so yeah this song is so goddamn good it feels retro but not retro and it's to a specific era if that makes sense and so so what that what that did for me is make it feel like it was fresh out of the oven but it was making homages to like 80s, 70s, a whole bunch of different genres. So it felt retro, but it was something completely new. And we talk about taking like sounds from the 80s, sounds from the 70s, and just redoing them. But this is this is something completely different. It's mixing those all in a bowl and making something completely new. So just this sonically, this album is is so so fun for me because every song is different. There's a different genre for every song, basically. Um, it flips completely in the next in the next track too. So, um, you know, and he went, that that line when he delivers, I've tried to I tried my best to be, make it worth all your while. The way he delivers, like that's just a line that's been uttered a million times in a million different songs, but the way he delivers it makes it feel so authentic and unique. Uh, I don't know. There's something. There's just so much sincerity in the tone of his voice, like in his chest voice. There's just something that. I don't know. It's it's just really wonderful, man. It's and like I don't know if you guys remember Eagle Eye Cherry from like the late '90s, early 2000s, um, but his voice reminds me a lot of Eagle Eye Cherry. It's got that kind of very mid-range tone to it. It's very like silky smooth, um, very easy to. It's almost like caramel to your ear. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's just really really good. And then you know I. I I start. I started. I actually looked at what these songs might mean a little bit this week, which is different for me. Um, but you know, the hardest thing to do is let something go, especially when you feel 
them egging it on at the same time. You know, it's like, I want to let go, but they're not quite ready to let go. So it's like, you got to let me go. You got to let me let you go is, is kind of the theme of this whole song, which I think is, it's a very human thing that I think anybody that's been in a relationship before has dealt with. That's a pretty, that's pretty accurate for the whole album. There's a lot yeah, of songs like that that feel like I, you just can't avoid your ex or something. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, a, the, it's an album about unequal love, essentially. Yeah. The, this this song, um, the last song felt so slow, and it felt like um, it was intentionally slow, so that when Helmet kicks on, we're ready for something unbeat, upbeat. And I really like uh, the, the tempo change here. Uh, the bass is funky. Uh, we get some great lines. And it almost felt freeform jazzy at times. Like, uh, he threw in some shoo-doo-doos and la-la-las. Uh, that make it feel like you're like watching it in a, a like a jazz bar or something. And uh, "Love won't harass me forever" is a great line. I'd love to have that tattooed on my leg somewhere and regret it in ten years. And uh, <laughs> "Fuck all that nostalgia, been up on a downer" is another great line. Um, the great the guy has like very tweetable, very Tumblr uh, ready quotes, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, Spotify has that cool feature now where you can just highlight lyrics and then just click share and it'll post right to your Twitter feed with like a cool little graphic, which is super dope. Um, I was I, I discovered that today because I thought I could just copy it and paste it, but no, it's like legitimately for sharing to like social media. It's super dope. So I might I might just spam my Twitter with Steve yeah. Lacey quotes. Hell yeah, <laughs> be, be, two likes just for me and Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah we know what he's talking about. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine with me, dude. It's, that's change, all the justification I need. Change your Twitter handle to Steve La- Steve Lacey lyrics and just tweet them yeah. once a day. Yeah, Steve, hashtag Steve Lacey fan account. That's yeah. Me. Yeah, I think Kevin like really nailed it with everything he, he talked about to kick off the uh, song. Uh, this to me was definitely at his most raw uh, and heartbroken. I mean, you could tell that the heartbreak was as fresh as could be, you know, he's really feeling all of the uh, negative emotions around it. So it's tough. You know, he feeds off of static. The first song Uh, he points out, you know, being with somebody who doesn't let you be yourself is not the way to live. So it's a good little uh, small callback and hopefully a theme for the rest of the album. Yeah, and to get into track three, Mercury, um, it all it opens up with that. It sounds like it should be playing in a bar in Central America, uh, mm-hmm. and I love that. I love the guitar, and it's almost like uh, maracas, maraca sounding uh, drum beat instead of like mm-hmm. a true drum or a metronome. Um, the line, but I can't seem to get the fuck out of my head. But fuck it, I'll cop a Porsche instead. That's some gangster rap shit right there. Um, and I love that line. And I think we all can kind of relate to it. It's like when you feel sad, you just want to order shit online or like go shopping and like just get out of the house or get out of your head for a little bit. Um, and I think it's super relatable. I like the uh, the push and pull of like everything is fine. And he at one point he says everything is fine and then I can't leave my bed. And instead of trying to figure out why, he just blames it on astrology. I think that's so yeah. fucking awesome. Um, and I don't know if he's oh, like aware of that or if he's just, you know, really blaming it on astrology. But yeah, I don't know. Mace, I mean, it's you- the, album, the album's called Gemini Rules. So 
Or Gemini Rights. Yeah. Gemini Rights. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's funny that uh, he talks about how he can't get out of his own head and he says, fuck it, I'll just cop a Porsche instead because yeah. uh, Tyler, the creator in Flower Boy, he mentions that multiple times, how he feels empty and alone and doesn't really know what to do. So he just says, fuck it, and goes and buys another car. And that uh, his garage is definitely worth checking out, kind of a mishmash of cult classics and everything. So yeah. I definitely get uh, Tyler's influence, which makes sense because he was with Odd Future and everything early in his life. So you can definitely see that throughout the album. Um, I know like next to nothing about astrology, so yeah. I had to do a bunch of research for this album, but specifically about this song. Uh, he opens by calling himself Gemini. I'm a myth. I'm a legend. So according to my research, Gemini are usually psychos who think they're better than everybody else. Um, so I guess that kind of checks out because this is his version of a brag track, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. him talking about having the wealth uh, to buy a poor shop a lot or whatever else is not something you and I can do. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I noticed that uh, the chorus has Steve going back and forth between the positive and negative aspects of his personality, heaven and unpleasant, and then also pleasure and depression. I want to believe that he's doing that because the Gemini constellation is represented with twins. So he's showing both of his sides. Um, he also, you know, starts revealing he has regrets about the breakup already and worries if the real him is actually wrong. So. Yeah, that I, I'm, that's pretty relatable. Like after, after the dust settles on a breakup, you're like, damn, was that my fault? Like, was I the one that was crazy the whole time? And like, if I, if I could go back, would I, would I, would, would me being better fix anything? And yeah, that's kind of a, a through line throughout the album as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of like self doubt, but also like self aggrandizing at the same time. So it's 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 an interesting dichotomy for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I got like Medi- Mediterranean seaside. I mean, South America works just as well. I mean, a lot of the same cultural aspects there. But yeah, no, there's just an effort effortless cool in this to this track, especially in the chorus. Like again, it made me feel like I wasn't cool enough to listen to, to this <laughs> album. Despite, it was like, this is just too cool for me, man. Uh, but I love the line, I don't regret the choices I made, but I do regret uh, I do regret the mess. What did, what did it I don't know. After I wrote the lyric down wrong, but it's it's a good. It's, it's basically, <laughs> just take my word for it. The lyrics were definitely good. Yeah. Of course. Trust me. <laughs> this song, this song good. Um, <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, again, you guys kind of touched on it all already. Uh, you know, it's about being unsure about someone else's intentions and how that kind of fucks with your head. Uh, I feel like this, this track is kind of dancey for that reason too. It's kind of like a metaphor for someone kind of dancing around their intentions. And uh, that's kind of the way you go through any sort of unequal relationship. And this is kind of where I had that epiphany where this whole album is like, one person on either side of whatever this relationship is always felt more than the other. And that, that, that sucks. Cause it's like, you don't know how to act in that situation because you, you know, if, if you're the one feeling too much, you know, you feel like you're giving it your all and you can't understand. But if you're the one not feeling as much, then you're like, why the fuck are they, they simping for me? And it's just, there's no, you can't win for losing in that situation. So um, I also love the line. You think I'm two faced? I can name 23. That shit's fucking awesome. 
again, it's like you could that could go either way. It could be like a comeback where it's like, oh, you think I'm two faced? I can name 23 of yours, or it's like you haven't seen it a fraction of how many faces I have. It's just it's just a really cool line and I'm going to definitely going to keep that in my back pocket for the next time so somebody calls me two faced. Yep. Yep. So there there's something about California artists I think that love making like cantina songs. Yeah. Love is good for one an album and I think a lot of the like Still Woozy had one and there's something about California that makes people want to write a song that sounds super like I don't know, like flamenco adjacent. Yeah. This song, if it could have had a flamenco guitar, it would have, but maybe it just wasn't in the budget. Um, let's get into buttons. Yeah. Do you want um, us to just skip right over you, Mason? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I don't have a ton to say. I think you guys both really crushed it on this, so I'll let you. Uh, this is right the ahead. first time I had like a Kid Cudi epiphany, and I really didn't think he sounded a whole lot like him but i think he has a lot of the same sensibilities in terms of like just being super in tune with his emotions and depression and there's a lot of parallels and um the intro sounds very similar to soundtrack to my life where it's like synth heavy it's like uh but the song is way slower than that and it's super bass heavy um than that track but we get our token sex song kev we ain't had one in a while yeah, man, it's been it a while. Good. You, you can avoid them on playlists, but you can't really avoid them on albums. No. Um, yeah, this is a, a Take You Down uh, classic. Uh, and we hadn't had one in a while. It felt really good. It's much needed, needed after like a cerebral song. It's almost like, hey, let's talk about sex. Let's get our mind off of all that. You know, when I said I was super depressed and I bought a Porsche, I was just kidding about all that. Let's have sex and forget about all that. Um, and using sex as a way to get out of your head is like a super relatable thing especially like if you're going through a breakup and you can't get your mind off of them and your existence and everything like trying to hook up with someone is is a good way to like keep your mind off those things yeah for sure um yeah and i had a different uh, i heard a different influence in this song with prince like i feel like this is a very kind of prince inspired album or like ballad kind of thing again it doesn't really sound like prince but if like it's it, this feels like something he could have done and would would have done um because it is it's it, he spends a lot of time in his head voice and his falsetto for this track it, it it sounds like if if prince was still alive he would have made something that sounded very very much like this um he, he also has a knack for writing tracks that don't really have a hook there's not like a huge chorus and i mean yeah there's a refrain but it's not really a hook in the in the traditional sense and he does that a lot in this album he'll either not have a hook or he'll change the the lyrics and the meaning completely of the the second pass of a hook and it's just i love that shit like some of my favorite songs ever don't have choruses so when you could do that and still make me want to listen to it over and over and over again that's 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 something impressive it just means you're a really really good and competent songwriter um and it's something about like he's really good at changing just slight little things in the bed tracks when that because when he goes to that second hook the guitars get super crunchy for the outro and it just it just fucking grabs you and makes you want to listen to the rest of the track it's just subtle shit that's just so brilliantly done that i, I you can't help but take notice it's funny you met, you compare him to 
Prince, you get the vibe from Prince because uh, when I was doing my research a few days ago, I read an interview from Steve Lacey and he said his dream collab was and will always be Prince. So yeah, I think you're spot on there then. Why don't you lead us into bad habit, Mace? Sure. Um, it seems like we're all going to gush about this one. Uh, it was my favorite song uh, on the album by far. The synthy piano was super addicting, had a really good groove to it. Um, and I mean, lyrically, it felt like it was super easy to relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, who hasn't had a potential relationship fall through because they missed the obvious signs of interest from a potential partner? I mean, that can haunt you forever. You look back and you're like, oh, no, I really fumbled that one. So, yeah, I get it for sure. Yeah, it's without a doubt the best track on the album. I don't I don't think it's even close. Um, it's most the most accessible and it, I've listened to this more than anything else this week. Um, it's probably my favorite hip hop adjacent song in years, hip hop, R and B. And that's, it's, it's just so good. It's fucking rocks, dude. Um, I, maybe one of my favorite hip hop lyrics of all time. You're grabbing me hard. Cause you know what you found is biscuits. It's gravy. It's biscuits, it's gravy, babe. Yeah, Man. it's great, dude. I think it's my favorite lyric of all time. I I don't know. I'm I was clouded by hype and I was very hyped doing my notes for this song. Um and lyrically the song is just unhinged and it's it's packaged as like this nice little track, but it goes from like I wish I would have hollered at you to this is awesome what we have is biscuits, it's gravy and then at some point they break up and he's like, let's go fix things by fucking in the back of the mall. This dude is unhinged and I fucking love it. <laughs> he just like, he says the most unhinged shit in the most pretty sing song voice ever. And that's yeah. what I love about him. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. It's a, yeah. And it, this is, this is not my favorite song on the album. I've got one. I like a little bit better later on. It's, it is the one B to my one a though. Um, but yeah, this whole you guys just kind of touched on it there. This this song, it's 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 a cha- it's a full fucking chapter book in its construction. Um, so for the first hook, this is kind of what I was talking about in the last track. The first hook is, I bite my tongue. It's a bad habit for the first chorus. Um, kind of mirrors the verses and then the first verses where he's kicking himself for having missed all the signs, and then the second chorus comes in with. Can I bite your tongue like my bad habit? Where he's like, he's realizing that she's interested. She's coming back into his life. Um, and so he's like, fuck it. I'm going to shoot my shot. Uh, even though it might not be, uh, he can't decide whether he wants to invite her back in. He's like, fuck it. Let's, let's go. And there's a switch again. There's a switch in the guitar. Um, it goes from like this kind of bouncy, like soul funk ballad beat Um it's uh and then they drop the beat out for the bridge which is almost there's no there's no nothing to it it's just him acapella and then when it comes back it's it's this really like light guitar where it's like he's like he's finally getting what he wanted so he's like it's like it it, it invokes happiness it's just it's so fucking good dude it's just so goddamn good i can't get over it and i and i didn't really catch it until i was listening to it for my notes listen today after work and it's just like wow that's good because he's he's not only painting a picture with what he's saying but he's using just tiny little musical tricks to to kind of evoke that same emotion and it feels like he's kind of floating because that's where he's like when he delivers that line um you know let's fuck in the back of the mall (laughs) 
go crazy go stupid it's just like and when he says that it's almost like a slight key change it goes up like a half step so it's like he's feeling it's like more of a major key it's just fucking brilliant dude um i don't know it's it's this song's fucking great it's it, it's not it's it's you shouldn't feel ashamed for it being your favorite song because it's it's so rare to find, hear something that sounds so simple but to know that there's so much work that went into it it's just there's a reason i've been obsessed with this album since my first <laughs> listen and this this song is a huge part of that yeah listening to this album um i was like doing laundry and stuff and putting clothes away and this song came on and the biscuit and gravy and like the chorus saying can i bite your tongue it's bad it's my bad habit mm-hmm. i like had to stop and like go find my phone and see what song it was because i was like i'm gonna listen to this song again uh, when the album's over, it it definitely has its claws in you the first time you hear it. My uh, my wife told me immediately that she would be pissed if I ever bit her tongue and to not uh, <laughs> not do that. So <laughs> yeah, biting biting someone's tongue is like freaky shit because biting yeah. someone's lip is one thing. Biting your tongue where you have so many nerve endings and that would fucking hurt is yeah. like BDSM border. It's borderline BDSM. <laughs> Um, let's get into together track number six. Um, it spells together wrong and interlude wrong, which kind of annoys me. Um, so I'll let Kev talk about this track first. Yeah, no, this feel this to me feels like the haze, like the postcoital haze of the last track, where they, they they just got done fucking in the mall, going crazy, going stupid. Um, and so this and Mason, I, I think we're gonna let you to do the next track first because we both built off of what you were talking about. Perfect. And so um, I think th- this is from Steve's perspective. This is Steve how he felt after that, and uh, he's just kind of in this this haze. It's like kind of drunk on what just happened. The whole experience he went through with getting back with this this woman he thought was too good for him, and so he's just like, you know doing whatever it is it's like what it's like 40 second interlude or whatever yeah it's not long yeah hey kev is it crazy to call the song ethereal <laughs> no sure it's fucking ethereal man and it feels good to say it um <laughs> <laughs> it's like it feels like when you're like daydreaming about your partner it kind of reminds me of like almost high school-esque where like you had a really good weekend with your girlfriend and then you go to school the next day and all you can think about is like dude i can't wait to get out of school and like go hang out with her again and you're just like writing your name next to each other and just saying like together forever or i forget how the lyric goes but like just writing your name next to theirs and like putting a plus sign and just like underlining it a bunch and being like together together i'm gonna fucking speak it into existence (laughs) i i I like this song because it it's a perfect little interlude even if he spells it wrong I do wish it was a little bit longer, though. I mean, yeah. it's already only a 35-minute album. It would have been cool if this was a whole last song, you know, three, four minutes. But but I'm glad it's in here, at least, because it does move the album along really well, just like what you were talking about, Kevin. Yeah. You want to get right into your thoughts on uh, Cody Freestyle, track number seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got some takes to fire off here real quick. Um, so I may be off base. But now I've kind of gotten that information from you guys. Um, I felt like this song was from his partner's perspective. Uh, He talks about how he doesn't feel the same. He doesn't want to be tied down to each other. Uh, He could very easily run around town and find other partners rather than Steve. So Steve better not act up or he's just going to leave and move on. Uh, He says uh, what 
don't depend on me it sounds more like hookup culture than relationship culture to me so and i mean with the name i guess you could guess that the the partner is cody or an alias yeah i i really liked your idea for this for what you thought this song was because it kind of led us all there as well um it could be how you know Steve feels about a new relationship after the implosion of the last one, or maybe um, this is like last chance. You're with someone and like, don't go fucking this up. I was already, I was already off doing what I wanted. You know, um, I never loved you. I just said it because you got a heavy dick. Is one of the most out of pocket things I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's some fuckboy shit. This whole song is a fuckboy song. And um, it's usually said by people that are wounded and have their guard up. So if it is like uh, someone that they've they've been with in the past and they're trying to work things out and you're like, fuck this. You know, if you have that kind of mentality in a relationship, it's obviously doomed because you're like, I don't need you. I can go do what I want. I can go do what I want. And I only said I loved you because you got a heavy dick is just crazy to me. Um and for that reason, it's not my favorite track, but I thought it was definitely the most interesting. I couldn't make heads or tails of it, honestly. Isn't it funny that, I mean, if this really is from his partner's perspective, it's Steve telling the world that he has the heavy dick because it's like his partner <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. to and Steve. I, so, after you said that, yeah. I was like, such a Gemini to just brag yeah, backwards, brag. brag about his dick being big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not only that yeah it's it's fucking that whole this whole song is fucking wild uh it's to the point that the line you talked about uh mason it said don't depend on me no and then the next part is unless you're swallowing because i could use your deep throat that was that line fucking blew my dick off i'm like what the fuck did he just say there's no way he just said that um but yeah no when you look at it from the context of the um uh, the partner in the song from two songs ago it's that's that that it fits that theme of unequal love perfectly for this entire album um it's it's i like this dude knows someone is falling in love with him but all he wants is some dick he wants that heavy dick (laughs) that cannon it does damage you know what i mean yeah it's it's but it sucks for both because one of both of them are going to end up feeling like garbage like this dude doesn't want to hurt this dude that's falling in love with him, but you know, Steve is gonna feel bad because he's like infatuated now. So, but it's like so. The moral of the story is just be honest, folks. If you're looking, if you're just looking for a cannon dick, just just say that up front and don't tell people you love them if you don't mean it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just that's the whole moral of this 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 album, this song. Uh, you know, just be honest up front. If you're just looking for some dick, just let people know. Hey, if you're looking for a cannon dick, just, you know, text Kevin at 513. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Join our Discord, people. Uh, yeah, that's a plug to the Discord. You want to get in touch yeah. with Kevin's heavy dick, uh, go yeah. to Discord. Um, <laughs> what the, I fucking swear to God, I don't know what it is with all you bastards just obsessed with my sex life. <laughs> It's Tommy, it's Mason, it's Dylan. It's fucking weird, guys. It's not weird. <laughs> what's a what's a bro gotta do to want another bro to be happy? Oh, I think it's probably because I'm the only single guy in our group yeah. of friends. Yeah. So you guys are just trying to live vicariously, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
who wants to go first for Amber? I know Kevin's favorite song is Sunshine, so um, yeah. I can go first with Amber. Um, is this Silk Sonic? People are asking. It definitely feels like it. Uh, it's piano-driven. It's got some uh, amazing vocal range, and it's pining over lost love. Then you just say, fuck them. It's got all the hallmarks of Silk Sonic. Um, mm-hmm. But Steve just always feels a little more unhinged. And I think that was probably my favorite thing about doing my notes. Listen, reading his lyrics and shit. Like, I didn't pick up on how close he is to just becoming the Joker. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's dangerously close to just becoming the Joker. Yeah, you're right. I really like the way that he uh, slowed it down and kind of wailed. Uh, feels like a different form of grief. I mean, no longer is he missing the partner that he broke up with. Now he's really regretting uh, even meeting them in the first place. So he thinks he would have been better off if if he didn't even bother. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think this might be the eighth different genre we've gotten on this album so far. Uh, and it's, and when I first listened to this, I was like, eh, this is okay. We got it. We kind of got a little bit of a down track. And then when you get to the part where he says no more and the chorus comes in for the more, it's so fucking gut wrenching, dude. Cause I was in my car listening to it um, the other day on the way home and I just went, Oh no. Because <laughs> it's the first time I actually got to listen to it on like good speakers, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, man!" I, it's just you feel everything Steve feels here. He really hates this fucker, not with a passion, but with the voices of a full group of strangers. He hates this person. <laughs> it's it's just it's incredible, dude. It's just again the the song itself is. I think you nailed the the, the tone of it on the head, Dill, with the kind of like that Silk Sonic feel, kind of like a Silk Sonic ballad. Um, but just the 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 emotion is what what sells this song for me. Um, so, you guys ready to move on to Sunshine? Let's do it. All right, Sunshine featuring Fushi Fushé. I think it's Fauci. Fauci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Fauci's going to tell us about uh, COVID here. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is this is my one A. Uh, perhaps a controversial one A, but. Um, Steve's verse is just so fucking good. Like it sells the whole song for me. And I, I sang it at the beginning of the episode. Um, that line just saying, saying quote unquote, my ex, like my name ain't Steve like that. It's just such a cool little slice of life that I think even if you haven't gone through that, you know what that feels like where it's just like, okay, this, she knows like she's in a better place and he knows she's in a better place but it still stings to hear this is my ex not like oh hey this is steve no this is my ex like really driving the point home to both her new partner and to steve it's just like fuck what a dagger what an absolute dagger and to kind of pick out that little slice of life and make it a lyric and when the way he says his name just really sells it it's just um i don't know it's just really really again good songwriting and i think this is it, not only that but this this whole Every, every all the lyrics and the way they're talking about each other is a really mature way to kind of handle this situation. This is how this is not how a 24 year old would normally handle a situation like this. And it's more like, yeah, okay, we get it. Like, you know, you're in a better place. You clearly peaked after you were with me. Um, but I'll dick you down anytime you want. And she's kind of feeling the same way. It's like there's still feelings there, but there's no hard feelings. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I really like the line where he's like, I'll let you mow the lawn just so you can be near me. I just, it's just really, it's really goofy. Uh, But it makes me laugh every time I hear it. 
uh, and what it reminds me of tonal, like uh, sonically, uh, is like a late '90s Monica and most most deaf collab. Like it's got that same super cool like late '90s R&B feel, and uh, it's just a just a great homage to what I consider the peak of R&B, which is the late '90s, early 2000s, and uh, just yeah, again, the mature handling of a classic scenario because he could have very easily made this a, like a super bitter song like he had like the rest of the album is but it's it's like nah we're in we're in a better we're both in better places now uh, we both still have feelings for each other so hey if you want to fuck sometime hook me up you go ahead yeah, I think, you go ahead think, uh, all right sorry sorry um <laughs> yeah i think Fauci has an incredible voice and yeah. absolutely crushed her verse and the chorus that she did i mean her, her voice was bright and light and i think that really contributes to the title name to uh, not on accident. Um, I think this is another instance of a brag track too. You know, he was talking about how, yeah, they might've downgraded a little bit and and they know that. And that's why they called him the X and not Steve or what have you. Um, you feel good for him too. You start rooting for him. You know, he feels vindicated that the partner, um, that the new partner is a downgrade and, uh, but then he already flips his moods and he feels like he did the right thing. But by the end, he wants her back. You know, he still misses them. And just like you said, it's, it's still down to fuck if you want to. So mm. he just flips at least twice in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the name Sunshine for the song is very appropriate because it is very cheery and, and upbeat. And I love the push and pull of, of Steve and Fuchsia. I think it's just Fauci. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Fauci. Fauci. Could be wrong, but I think it's I'm just gonna sound it out. <laughs> okay, so I really like the the females vocalists or the female vocalists. Um, it's, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's. I think this song is really fun because it it touches on a really complicated dynamic. Is like if you are around your ex on a daily basis or a a consistent basis those feelings are really complicated. Like you still have that shorthand with them. You still have your inside jokes. Um, you know, their ticks and you know how they operate. Like there's just so much that makes it complicated, especially if they're around you with a, with someone else. Like you feel like you can't really go there, uh, even though you want to. And I feel like this song really touches on like any slight misstep. We're going to end up fucking, and I think she says it and he says it. It's like we are like one weak moment away from just like throwing caution to the wind. And I really think this song is fun for that reason. And I don't I I knew this was gonna be Kevin's favorite song because it is not as radio friendly as Bad Habit, and it's just as good. I think this song is way more lyrically complex than that. Like this is yeah. This deals with something a little bit more serious than, you know, like fucking in the back of the mall. But fucking is on his mind for sure. I don't know whether I should be insulted or or what by that, Dill. There there was no deeper meaning. I, I okay. wasn't. <laughs> okay. Don't for, don't forget to sign up for our Discord, uh join our Discord and uh <laughs> track track 10, Mace, what you got? Uh yeah, so it seems like uh, I differ a little bit from you guys with what this one meant to me. Um, how I heard it was, yeah, again, I mean, he does want his ex back. He still has 
the feelings for them um it's slower and funkier kind of uh calms everybody down uh off of the rest of the album um but also it kind of felt like he was just cooing promises of like this time it'll be different uh to his ex you know it's and he did that for almost half the song so it really felt like he was absolutely not over them at all and that he's gonna change his ways you know if it means that they can hook up again and everything else so i don't know what do you guys think yeah no i think you're probably more right than me at least because when i got to this point in my notes listen i was just like kind of just just listening i wasn't reading lyrics anymore and i i do this every time we do an album where i just start doing my my closing thoughts for the last song and just kind of ignore what the last song actually is or in silk sonic's case i'll just skip a song entirely yeah. so yeah uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, no. So who would do that? Yeah. Whomst among us, Mason, would do that? Yeah, <laughs> certainly couldn't be me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the, that bit of amazing physical comedy will be lost to the listening audience. But <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, That's all that mattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So um, you know, I just thought it was a cool uh, way to end an album where it's again, it's much cooler in as far as sonically. Uh, it's a lot slower, uh, but to me, this felt like I had a little head cannon going on where it was they got, just got done performing, and this is like a backstage only kind of song, where he's back there with his band and they're like in the tour bus or in the the the, the green room, and Steve's kind of like reflecting over all the shit he just said in front of all these people on stage, and it's kind of it's a reprisal of ideas, not a repri reprisal of tones and music like a lot of times at the end of the albums you'll have you know some not a lot of times but sometimes you'll just get like a mashup of all the, the sounds you just heard it's pretty prevalent like edm and stuff like that but this i'd like the idea of having a reprisal of thoughts and a reprisal of ideas and that that may not be what this is but that's just kind of how i saw it um and I, I again i really like young artists for this in particular because they seem to be more raw like they're untainted by whatever the, the music world will do to them and they just they have young and talent as they have to be talented as well but if you're young and you're talented and, and in this case a genius in my opinion you just have this knack for your early albums just being really raw and emotionally charged because you're not jaded by the world yet you know what i mean so everything you still feel every bit of everything that you are feeling you don't have any sort of life experience to kind of explain stuff away and that's why i love young albums like this from young artists because it's just it's raw emotion and it's it, it, you there's no replacement for that kind of authenticity and that's that's why I really liked this as a closer because it's just it's 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 just as raw as anything else, even though it feels not as raw like sonically. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what what did Jay Z say? His first album is his best album because he had his whole life to write it. Yeah, and I think when you're less aware of your audience and you're just doing it for yourself, there's always some more power to that because then you're kind of chasing the audience after that for your work, and I think. Yeah, you're right. This this album kind of touches on a lot of personal things, and even if it's clouded by humor at times or, you know, what have you. But for for me, this album almost felt like he was saying his goodbye to the partner he's been talking to most of the album. It, it felt like he was admitting his faults, um, and he's like not trying to like make excuses, but he's just admitting that he loves them, 
And even if he has to do that from afar, um, it's not going to change how he feels. And he said a lot of like out of pocket things this album, but it's all like from a pa- a place of love or hurt. You know, he he wasn't saying anything to be malicious. It was either like he was in a, a place of pain or love. And I think it's really cool to admit that he's scary but not tough. Um, and I thought that was a really powerful line. Just like, you know, I I have my moments where, you know, I'm a typical Gemini. I just like I think I'm the best and I do all this shit, but and I'm all over the place, but all of it is from a place of love. And I think it was a really powerful way to end the album, especially such a somber song. So I really mature for a twenty four year old. Yeah, man. Let's get into closing thoughts. Uh, we already know Kevin's, but let's talk about <laughs> yours. <laughs> let's talk about yours, Mason. I know we kind of laced this whole uh, this whole recording with like a circle jerk of us just loving this album up and down, <laughs> yeah. but it really is. I mean, the album of the summer for me. It came, you know, a little bit too late in the summer, but it's absolutely on a repeat, at least once a day, sometimes more. Almost always in the car. You know, I just I can't get enough of it. Um, the juxtaposition between the happy and airy music uh, compared to the somewhat depressing at times lyrics is very fun and very interesting. Yeah. I, it felt good to do an album and better yet an album that was this like deep lyrically. Uh, We are not a lyric podcast. Normally it almost felt like we were dissect this week, um, which is like how in depth we got with lyrics and and I'm I'm glad Mason picked this for us. Uh, it felt so perfectly placed to send us off on a summer vacation with this album, because it just I don't know. It felt like a good reset, and it's going to make us really excited to come back to the podcast um, after a month off. And it really pushed ourselves as like listeners of music, and that's kind of the whole idea of this podcast all along. Is like I don't listen to this type of music unless it comes on accidentally or someone shows me it's not music I actively search out. So to get something shown to me like this is one of my favorite things in the entire world. I love, Mm -hmm. I love music and we obsess about music as a group, but to have something that just like caught me off guard and I can't imagine my life without this album now is really cool. Yeah. And apparently I have nothing left to say according to Dylan. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no, I, uh, I don't know if I said it on mic or not, but this is the album of the year for me. I can't see any other album, me liking another album better than this, this year. It's been so long, especially in the age of streaming where you can, it's just most, it's so single based that it's been so long since I've just devoured an album like this. And it, 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 and I had this epiphany recently too, because I just I recently got my whole record player set up and I started listening to a record. I was like, oh, I'm just listening to this record now. There's no skipping. I have to listen to this record now. And there's 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 a there's a beauty to that. And I, I, I just and we do we, you know, we do albums for the podcast. Um, but this is the first time in a long, long time, probably since like it's gonna sound weird, but since Death Death Magnetic came out, the the Metallica's kind of returned to form like, I don't know, what, 15, 20 years ago at this point, that I really, really fucking devoured an album like this. And it's just, it's really good to 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 get back to that form of music listening because I don't know how many people that are younger than us, much younger than us, really have ex- experienced music that way. Like truly, like where you can't skip and you, you just want to listen to an album over and over and over and over and over and over again and just run the wheels off of it. Um, 
I don't know, maybe that's just me being an old head and just getting too much in my nostalgia. But I, it blew me away, man. I just, you know, I, you know, I don't want to ruminate too much on how much I love music because I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, but this, this is this album reminded me just it's, it's the happiest I've been listening to music in a very long time. Was just having an album to just fucking just slobber over like this. Um, but yeah, no, I'm yeah. I say again, yeah, I'm glad Mason grabbed us up early for this massive bandwagon that's about to come up Hell yeah. for, for Steve Lacey. So yeah. Thanks Mason. Appreciate it, Absolutely. man. Can't yeah, wait yeah, to print the t-shirts. Really I listened to Steve Lacey during Gemini rights era. <laughs> yeah. Real ones. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, by the way, what a cool word to base an album off of. Gemini is just a cool word and it's an easily rhymable word. It's got a cool meter to it. It's just, uh, it's again, fucking genius, man. Let's get into songs of the show. Uh, let's start with Mason. What's your so song I of picked, the show? I picked uh, Wide Awake by Parquet Courts. I'm really into them lately uh, since a couple of my friends put me on. So uh, that's my favorite song of theirs right now. So no kidding. Uh, nope. Just a quick reminder. They say I'm wide awake 18 times. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> In case you forgot. It's not 32 like it was uh, (laughs) for my song, but... Uh Yeah, I kept receipts for that one. Um, My song of the show is Preach by Amorosa. Such an 80s uh, pop track, but Amorosa has been around since the early 2010s. They've changed their sound drastically, and I love their singer, and I love 80s pop sound that doesn't have shitty drums. Uh, yeah. So my song of the show, uh, hold on. I just popped open the discord so I could read other people's notes is, uh, John came home by Benjamin Dakota Rogers. This is another TikTok find for me. I was just scrolling through and this, this dude, his, like his page came up for this single. And I was like, this fucking rocks. It's just old school kind of mountain country. Uh, song, song about coming home, finding his wife is gone. He's coming home from war, found his wife is gone with his preacher brother. And it's just really cool, like heart, heartfelt. Whom's to us? Mount- yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's like, I'm going to find that preacher. And it's just really, it's just cool shit, man. Um, so yeah, give uh, Benjamin Dakota Rogers a listen. I don't, I think he's still fairly new as well. It's got kind of like a, uh, it's like a mountain version of Chris Stapleton, essentially. Yeah, it, it definitely belongs on our Bolos and Marlboros playlist. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. What was the what was the the second Chris Stapleton band I picked? Un, unaware. Steel, uh, steel drivers. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's more in that vein. Um, so if you like that, the steel drivers, you'll like this guy a lot. Uh, so next we'll do Louie. Let me get to the pins here. Uh, Louie picked the Millionaire Waltz by Queen. Um, and he says, uh, my song of the show sub, uh, last week's pick got me into a queen mood and I rediscovered this track. I love the three quarter time, uh, waltz for those who aren't big into music theory. Uh, John Deacon's superb bass lines, Freddie's piano and the blending of classical and proto metal. They just don't make them like they used to. Uh, and Louis is a bass player as if anybody who listens to the show knows. And he's like, I'm going to learn this fucker right after he posted this, um, <laughs> And it's yeah, it's cool. It's it's classic Queen. It's it's there's nobody that's ever sounded like them before or after. Um, 
it's just I don't know. There's just something magical about Queen, and uh, just it's a great track for a band that has ceased to exist for almost thirty years. I hear a new Queen song well, like once a week almost because of you guys. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean they put out a shit ton of money in pants, so um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a Queen deep dive next January instead of Beatles January. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that would be giving Ben what he wants, though. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got to dangle the carrot. Um, yeah. So our friend Sammy, who's on our Discord, uh, says "Victim of Love" by the Eagles is her song of the show. Uh, she says "Summer Nights, Road Trips, Drinking, a lot of Steve Miller Band, Eagles, Tom Petty, etc." I personally love the guitar as it opens up. Um, who doesn't love the Ingles? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Steve Miller? Like, Steve Miller is, to me, if you were just to describe a rock band to somebody, to a, a space alien, you would just put on a Steve Miller band album because they are, their their vocalist is good but not great. Their music is good but not great. It's just, it's every, it's quintessential classic rock. There's, like, Perfectly I love Steve yeah, I love. Yeah, exactly. It, it's that's not a bad thing either. I love the Steve Miller Band because they are just good, simple, all American rock and roll, and that's that's uh, there's something to be said for that. I Mason. think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Mason, thank you for coming on, my man. You look tired. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's a f- really really fun time every every time I'm on. So thanks. Hell yeah! Thanks for picking this album, man. This. This was one of the more fun times Kevin and I have had doing an album. And I think you are our first guest on an album besides his brother. Yes. Many are saying saying you're a fourth member now. Ben didn't even (laughs) submit a song on the show. No one's going to see it, but I'm blushing right now. Ben is now the sixth member behind Sammy. Man, he's he's (laughs) fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Um, That's a lot of shit to talk about someone who was our first real fan of our show so yeah the Uh, the only person that's literally listened to every single episode and hangs on every word yeah (laughs) i really do appreciate you benji if you make it this far um check out our our social media off the beaten clef instagram is at off the beaten clef our twitter is at off clef uh we have a tiktok that i don't think kevin's posted to since 2020 Uh, We have a YouTube channel that we haven't posted to since uh, (laughs) 2022, very early. And uh, we love emails, offthebeatenclef at gmail.com. I think we've mentioned at nauseum that um, this is going to be our last episode for a month. Uh, We are going to be posting some things um, that we've pre-recorded, and we're going to be going on a little vacation. So uh, send us some stuff to our Gmail, and we'd love to to read them like a grab bag uh, when we get back. And uh, we have a, a Discord, which I'm going to put the link into this episode so you guys can join. Uh, we have a lot of fun on there, and the fun's not going to stop when we're on vacation. Um, yeah. So, Mason, thank you again for coming on, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. All right. Kev. Yes. We're taking a month off. We've talked about yeah. it a few times. Uh, but this is our first time doing it. It almost feels like we're leaving our kids with a babysitter and we feel the need to explain and like write little notes. Like don't, (laughs) uh, don't feed after 9 PM, uh, check diaper first thing in the morning. Uh, so yeah, we are taking a month off. We're taking the month of August off this coming out. I think August 1st. So technically 
We're not taking the whole month off, but we're doing four weeks of something a little bit different. Yeah. So I, again, we've talked about it a bunch of different times and we, we are personally taking a month off. We're not going to miss any weeks as far as posting. Um, because we've got some shit recorded, We've all both already listened to it. Dill's got it all edited and ready to post. So it's all on autopilot for the next month. Uh, so we're doing off the beaten reel. We're spending two weeks with Stranger Things breakdown. And then we're doing two cheesy movies that we, we one of us picked each one. And they're a lot of fun. Um, I, I like doing movie reviews because they're a lot looser. Uh, and again, it's a lot. We just giggle a lot more, I think. yeah so it's a lot of like a below the shoulder stuff like not not as cerebral as as music can be yeah i mean because we're both like music is our life kind of thing so we take it a little bit more seriously i mean we still joke but like it's it's we're watching shitty movies so it's just a little bit more fun um so i'm excited for those i'm also excited to kind of have i think i talked to you about this deal off mic where i'm excited to be able to just listen to whatever the fuck I want for a month for the first time in two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, going to feel good. Yeah, um, it is. But we, we still want to, to have done something. So we, we've done a lot of work to get ready to, to take this month off. So we're yeah. really excited for you guys to hear that. And uh, we hope you guys stick around and let us know what you think. Um, like we mentioned, the discord is the best place, uh, especially day of episodes. There's a lot of conversation going on about what we did and what we fucked up and, it's really fun. So if you guys are enjoying our episodes or listening casually, just join. Uh, you can have notifications turned off or you can get in on the conversation, especially uh, day of, because it is a lot of fun and we really enjoy the conversation. It makes us feel like we aren't just talking to ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's it. Um, we're taking a, basically a month off of music, which feels pretty good. And uh, we'll see you guys first week of September. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get, hopefully by then we'll figure out what we're doing yeah <laughs> so yeah we i think i mentioned you know august 18th is our is going to be our 100th episode so we might be doing some albums and stuff leading up but we're definitely going to do a, a couple of things to really prepare us for our 100th episode and we're really excited yeah uh we actually have uh, some other things in the works in terms of like um merchandise but that is uh, a, a little bit of ways away. So um, just giving you that little nugget before we go on vacay to, yep. to keep you around. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.